promised never to leave us, never to forsake us. Amen. Amen. Good morning, Metro. Everyone well? Great, great, good. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to be here today. And today is a special day because this whole month we're going to be celebrating the gift of God to us and to the nations in Bishop Flynn and Carolyn Johnson. Let's give God praise for that. Would you stand and celebrate with us as we begin this, this, this month of celebration for who God has given to us? may be seated. Okay, so check it out. Today is our inaugural Sunday for the entire month of October that we're going to be celebrating Bishop Johnson and Lady Carolyn, of course. We'll be celebrating 40 years of ministry. 40 years of ministry. Yes in the city of Atlanta. And also, of course, at the end of the month, we'll be, Bishop Johnson will be celebrating, or we will be celebrating Bishop Johnson's 70th birthday. He is 70 years young. Don't you want to look at by 70? Come on. I was, I was recently in, in South Florida doing, on business, and then I got to go visit my parents for a little while and saw some old uh, school buddies who look like they're in their 90s. I'm like, dog, yo, bruh, no, sir, no, sir. <laughs> I'm so grateful to God that I can every week see someone who gives me an image of what I can look like at 70. You know, it's wonderful. It's wonderful to be in the house of the Lord, ain't it? Amen, amen. So today, specifically, we'll be celebrating Bishop Johnson, the businessman. Bishop Johnson, the businessman. Now, some of you may have only seen Bishop Johnson as the pastor of this wonderful congregation and the pastor to so many, the bishop to so many people and men around the country. But we're celebrating today Bishop Johnson, the businessman. Many of you sometimes want to put, many of us want to put men of God in a box and say you're just that or you're just this, but that's not how God created us. He created us to be multifaceted. He certainly created Bishop Johnson that way. I've been around, around a little long enough to see and was privileged to see so many aspects of who God has made him to be. I've only been around here for about, how many, how long, sweetheart? 35 years. 35 years. I was two. And when I, no. <laughs> two plus. But really, God has always designed me like Abraham in the scriptures. Abraham was a herdsman. He was not only a herdsman, he traded livestock. So much livestock, in fact, that he had, he hired herdsmen. His business grew so big that he had to split it off and give some to Lot. His business caused him and gave him the freedom because of how wealthy he was. It gave him the freedom to move when God said, move to another city. It gave him the freedom to do whatever God wanted to do when he needed him to do it. Abraham didn't say, well, 
God said, okay, Abraham, I want you to move. Abraham didn't say, well, well wait, God, um, my check got to clear on the 15th. When it clears, then I can, I have enough money to go. He was not, he didn't have to do that, right? God blessed Abraham as a businessman so that, so that he could fulfill the purpose of God and move when God said move and go where God said go. Bishop Johnson's that kind of man. Also, we see in the scriptures, Solomon. Solomon was involved in international trade. He did so many things. And, of course, he was a man of wisdom. He wasn't, he, and he was a man of God. That's how God designs this. There are women in the scriptures. Look at the Proverbs 30, 31 woman. She was a businesswoman. She also raised a family. She was a mama entrepreneur, is what they call them today. Not an entrepreneur, a mama entrepreneur. She business and, as well as managing her family and her children. So today we're going to talk about Bishop Johnson and what God has done in his life and how he has helped businessmen all across the country, all across the world. I'm going to read a little bit of Bishop Johnson's bio to you this morning. And I might share a little bit of, of insight on some of the things that he's done. You may not be aware of, especially if you have not been here very long. And I'm calling my help real quick. My, my help. Come on. Come on, my help. I look to the pocket from which comes my help. Praise Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. A little bit about Bishop Johnson's bio. Of course, he's senior pastor of the Atlanta Metropolitan Cathedral, which is now Metro City Church. Yes. He and Lady Carolyn founded AMC in 1979, building on the principles of strong families, strong leaderships, strong community, and strong relationships. He realized that there was a necessity to take believers beyond the normal church patterns and into the vision of God, which is to win souls and make disciples. From the day I met him, he has always talked about relationships, building men and women, so that they cannot just be Good Christians say, well, I got mine, but no, you have a responsibility to give to others and to build others as well. A third-generation pastor, Bishop Johnson, started ministering in 1971 while stationed with the United States Army in McGraw Caserne Army Base in Munich, Germany. He holds a degree in biblical studies from Lee University in Cleveland, Tennessee, a master's degree in leadership and church development from Southwestern University in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and the University of Af South Africa in Cape Town, South Africa. He is also a member of a variety of, of associations, including he's a member of the uh, a board member of PSI, which is Psychological uh, Studies, Psychological Science Institute, PSI, and they focus on co uh, counseling for families and counseling for individuals. Well trained, he's, he's got the credentials for all of that. He's a part of the International Co a Coalition of Pastors. Kingdom Ministry International. He's a member of the board of directors of the Morehouse Choice Accountable Organization and Educational System. And they, what they do is they serve issues regarding to Medicare and Medicaid for people who, need, who are in need. They uh, ensure policy to make sure that those that are underserved are served. You would never know that about Bishop Johnson. He's a recipient of the President's Lifetime Achievement Award. He's a member a fellowship of Metro Atlanta churches. He's a founder of Metropolitan Ministries Incorporated. Uh, he, of course, does marriage counseling, not only to just members of Metro, but people outside in the business world as well. People seek after him all the time, all over the country, he and Lady Carolyn. He's uh, president and CEO of Urban Hope Ministries. Most of you may not, some of you who've been around for a long time, 
he, he runs a, a publishing company, music publishing company. Isn't that something? He's a board member of the Prophetic Music and Arts Conference. He's also a board member of the Georgia Literacy Coalition. Now, early on in the, in the 80s, um, and which is the, the, the uh, Literacy Coalition is now a state-supported uh, organization. And that organization helps people that need, that people that are illiterate, helps them from being illiterate to become literate and to be proud of what they have accomplished, helps adults who didn't get what they needed growing in, in the normal school system, a program that's now no, nationally known as well. Bishop Johnson spearheaded that, that coalition. He's also recently spearheaded uh, a movement, a community movement, and we have a joint venture with the Atlanta Public School System uh, in one of their prime schools, Morningside School. As you see, we're partners with them in the community to house 170 of their kindergartners every day, Monday through Friday. And through that relationship, it's opened up other opportunities for us to share, Bishop Johnson, to share the kingdom of God in ways that most traditional uh, pastors may not have. He's deeply involved in the community and what goes on in our community. And he loves God and he loves us. Um, there's a, another, a couple of other things that I've, I've, I've seen about Bishop Johnson over the years and to see how not just being a minister pulpit, but outside of, 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 of what you would normally see for a pastor. When we were, years ago, when we started, we were on County Line Road in Southwest Atlanta. Anybody know where, anybody was with us then? County Line Road, that was the bomb. <laughs> oh my God. And so Bishop Johnson, God gave him the foresight to move from County Line Road, which, which was predominantly um, African-American, to Grant Park, which was interesting. And in the move to Grant Park, there was a merger of two churches, a predominantly uh, Caucasian church and a predominantly black church, and he became the leader of that merger. It was, it was a historic piece in, in Atlanta, and it was a write-up in the paper. Actually, I still have a copy of that write-up in my office down the hall. But Bishop, God gave Bishop Johnson the wisdom and the, and the, and the skill to manage that merger of two congregations without losing the major, major leadership and the, to secure that leadership base in place in the middle of Atlanta in Grant Park. You know, that is the wisdom of God through a man who submitted himself to God. Isn't that wonderful? And from that, from, from, from Grant Park, Grant Park, after being there for a few years, God gave Bishop Johnson the insight and the wisdom to move into this neighborhood, which doesn't look quite like most of us, right? So most of us would be more secure being where we are most familiar. There were opportunities, I remember, for us to move into the suburbs where most of us, a lot of us lived at that time and prospering, and a lot of churches were growing. But God called Bishop Johnson, he said, to the city. And he has never let go of what God has called him to do and who God has called him to serve. That put us right here at Atlanta Metro Cathedral, right here on this property in this area. Now, if you look at what's around this area, this property, where we sit and the value of what, where we are, it takes a man of faith, a man of conviction, a man of strategic ability to cause this thing to happen. So we want to talk a little bit about Bishop Johnson, the businessman, the man who go to, will go, has gone to God and said, Lord, how do we do this? Give me the people in place to make this happen. 
and has the wherewithal to make it happen through the power and the grace of God. Amen? Let's give God praise for who Bishop Johnson is in that life. So in doing so, I'm gonna, we're going to bring to you, to your attention, um, a young man who's a dear, dear friend of, of mine. Um, he and his wife are, were friends of ours for a long time. We, I think we met on County Line Road and uh, where he served. You know, he, he, <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he, his, his name is Courtney Hayes and Susan Hayes. But Courtney was, um, uh, came in and served as a sound guy. He's a sound engineer. We were in, well, I was in my 20s. I don't know if, Courtney, you were in your 40s. I was in my tw 20s. No. <laughs> but no, we're, we're actually the same age. So Courtney served as a sound man, and he played bass bass guitar. He thought he was bad too. And then, and then he thought he could sing and still thinks he can sing. <laughs> I got you, Court. You can sing, buddy. At Starbucks, you can sing. <laughs> but no, really. And, but he is a, a phenomenal man, family man. He and his wonderful wife have four children, two boys, two girls. Uh, he's the president and CEO of Energen uh, Solutions, uh, an IT consulting firm which focuses on software development uh, and other processes, and he's leading in his field. Uh, he's understated. He normally tries to stay under the radar, but everybody in the business world knows him. He's a man of God and a man of business. He's on multiple committees and foundations. He helps support a lot of what's going on with the food bank and other organizations to help people get started in business, even to help the, even the underserved. He is a man whose heart is after God. I'd like to welcome to you, uh, bring to you, and welcome and introduce to some of you, Courtney Hayes. Thank you. They made me go first because they knew that I have an economy on words, that I don't talk a lot. I'm, I'm, I don't speak a lot, so it'll be brief. Um, the praise and worship was good as ever. I'm telling you, uh, Chris has a, his own style. Where is he? He has his own, back there. He has his own style. But I'll tell you, I could listen to Lionel Warner and Mark Jefferson play for hours and never get tired of it. I'm telling you. Um, and I also want to say this too, is um, I, I really believe that there is a unique manifestation of the presence of the Lord when, it, when certain families of the Lord gather together. Because when I was here, I remembered immediately what that was like. And when the presence hit here, I remembered it was good, and it still is good. So I, I, I really missed that. And um, when, we, uh, when we came, they brought us back to uh, Bishop Johnson's office, and we, we looked at some old photographs. And we're looking at them, and we're thinking, man, sometimes when it's good, you don't know it's good. You know, it was really good. Um, okay, I'm stalling. So. Most of you know who I am, some of you don't. You, most of you already know, you know my, my uh, testimonies. Um, but 
I was kind of thinking about what I would share. It'd be short and succinct. And uh, in my devotion over the last few months, the Lord's kept me on some basic concepts. And, and one of them is there are some foundational things, foundational principles that need to be established in the heart of every believer on a deep level so that we can come into the fullness of what the Lord wants to bless us with. Isaiah 30, 18 says that the Lord longs to be gracious to us, that he waits on high to bless us. And those foundational principles, those things that I mentioned, many of them were implanted in my life here so that I could stand in not just receive, but I'm saying stand in and possess what I've been, what, what I've been praying for, what I've been believing. Uh, I want to say this is one of the principles that God really put on my heart that really put me on this path was the foundational principle of, of our identity in Christ. And that got stirred in me here. By listening to Bishop Johnson, and, and I'll tell you, for a season, I, I chased after Bishop Johnson. I did. In fact, he would say, call me in the morning. I'd say, how early? How early can I call you? He'd say, uh, 4.35 o'clock. i call at 4.30. Lady Carolyn would say, your father's asleep. And I would say, he said, wake him up. <laughs> but, no, I mean, but the reason that I did that is because... I knew something was missing. I knew I had some, some talent, but until that talent is put under, until that talent is submitted, let me say it that way, sometimes the things that keep, the cycle that keeps you always losing what you gain can't be corrected. And I found that here. And when I opened myself up to here, what those things were that were stopping me from succeeding, I discovered that foundational thing I talked about, who God said I was. You know, how many of you know that once you begin to embrace who God says you are, you're okay to swing for the fence? No one who begins to understand and embrace and know who God says they are ever wants to be anything else. And when I began to embrace that, I began to think on it and talk on it and talk to my wife about it all the time and meditate on it until it became a confession, until I was willing to submit to the discipline to become what he said I was. So I'll tell you right here, right here, uh, Bishop Johnson had gone to a conference. It was a Dennis Peacock conference. Uh, for those of you who don't know who that is, Dennis Peacock had an international word for marketplace ministry. He was kind of ahead of his time at the time. And so Bishop Johnson had gone to a conference. Uh, he had come back and preached a, a, a mighty message. And we had an altar call. And he motioned for me to come up. I came right down there. He walked over and he placed his hands on me and he prayed a prayer 
sending me into the marketplace. Now, the prayer that he prayed was just too big for me. I was still a puppy with big feet. You know how that is? I, and and, and I, I confess that even now that word is unfolding in my life. He prayed this prayer and it was that I would go forth into the marketplace as an apostle. Now that was too big for me. And I knew that I couldn't get there on my own. And now, of course he doesn't know this, but when you prayed that, all heck broke loose. I want to say the other word. Can I say the other? She says, no, okay, I can't say that. <laughs> she goes, no. All heck broke loose when he said that. And I'll even say that for, for, you know, for a time, my business actually didn't do as well. And, it's, and not because of what you spoke, but because I struggled with the idea of my platform or the Lord's platform. You know, what I mean is, you know, in our own strength and for a season, if you have talent, you, you can make money, you can make a business work. You know, we all know people that, that have businesses, they have success, they do well, they don't know the Lord. But there's a difference between that platform and the platform that the Lord has. There's grace there. And the Lord releases his spirit so that grace can be sent to us and through us. I mean, it's the difference between toil and supernatural multiplication. Between fighting for every inch, every victory, every sale, and divine favor. So, now, I, you, you all that know me, you know that I don't want to make it sound like I just shot right into to, uh, success. That didn't happen. I mean, there was a process of maturity. There were many people here that uh, really spent time with me, that, that uh, took me aside. And, you know, I used to always, there were some things that I knew that Bishop Johnson wanted to say to me. But I'm pretty sure, this is probably the first time I'm going to say this, he would have Elder Yule say it to me. And it, and I'll tell you, I think, you know, if you know, if you know the bishop is that he'll be patient. And when he knows that you know that he loves you, then he's going to come after you. But until that is established and that you know that he loves you, he'll take his time. And Elder Yule, my big brother in the Lord, Elder Neil, who's also a big brother, although he's kind of like the middle brother. You know what they say about the middle? Never mind. Um, but, but I don't want you to think that the only thing that we received from the ministry was a business uh, benefit. There was an enrichment in our lives that uh, touched every part of my home. I learned to be a man at this church. I learned to, to be a father at this church. I learned to be a husband, to be married to that beautiful one right there. Wave at me. For 27 years at this church. And so, um, so I want to thank the two of you. I know that, uh, I know that sometimes when you saw me coming, you probably wanted to run the other way. But I'm so glad that you, you yielded to the spirit and 
let the Lord use you and to, and to greatly bless Susan and I. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. You thought I was going up, huh? I'm not. <laughs> Good morning. That was wonderful, yeah? It was warm and fuzzy, wasn't it? It was uh, nostalgic for us because uh, we remember them when they were very, very young. Uh, and those testimonies were being uh, born and birthed. And it's a pleasure, an absolute pleasure to see what God has done uh, in their lives. Um, and the relationship still that is uh, strong between the elder brothers and the middle brothers and the, and the, the young brother. Uh, <laughs> that's a, a, a wonderful thing. Since Bishop Johnson um, is the one that spawned and uh, demanded as a father that the brothers get along. That was one of those things. Um, I always talk about our boys, and the other night I was reminded that the worst whooping that Christopher and Matthew ever got in their whole lives was when they were fighting each other because Bishop Johnson absolutely demanded that they get along in unity. And he not only um, did that and enforced that principle in our house, but also in the house of the Lord. And it still stands today. That's why we are a relational church. And we are connected very deeply here. So um, you have extended family. That was one of them. Uh, a brother that has come back to say uh, thank you. And we appreciate you, Courtney and Susan Hayes, for coming this morning. Can you give him another hand? <clears throat> Amen. Um, we are um, giving honor to Bishop Johnson as the businessman this week. And I wanted to um, showcase another little aspect of the personage of Bishop Johnson. I want... Um, Herbert and Beverly Wynn to come, if you would, please, at this time. <laughs> when we were um, pastors early on, we didn't have enough tithe and offering in the church to sustain us. And so this is the beginning of Bishop Johnson, the businessman. And I want you to know that he didn't start on the top level of a corporation, but he started as a bag boy at Kroger. And he was taking orders from young girls who were working part-time. And he humbled himself and did that plus 
That was uh, during the day. He also sold pianos and organs for riches. Some of you know how long ago that is. You don't even know that riches was in Atlanta. <laughs> he sold pianos and organs for riches and then uh, did landscaping as well. And he used to come home uh, and I used to say, and the kids used to say this with me, he used to come home smelling like a puppy. For those of you who know what men smell like when they work outside. So, and at night then, he would do those things during the day, and then at night, he would come home and shower and change, and he would put on a suit, and then he would go and build the Amway business. And we built the Amway business to the pearl status. And we bought our very first house through the, Am the funds from the Amway business. Because again, we didn't have enough um, people in our congregation, enough tithe and offering to sustain him to be full-time in ministry. Well, while he was a businessman in the Amway business, we began to uh, meet wonderful people. And we had uh, products at our house. And so these two wonderful people used to come to our house to pick up products every week in the Amway business. And so they got to know us as business people. They didn't know that we were pastors at first. So I want them to just tell you from the time they met us, what happened to them and where they are now. Well, I just want to make a little correction because on that very first meeting where that we were sitting back in the back and listening to this person standing up on the stage, drawing circles and explaining the business, this voice in my head, which I now know is the Holy Spirit, said, my, he sounds just like a pastor. And I had no idea until later on in his presentation, he says, oh, by the way, I pastor a church. And I was like, I wonder how I knew that. But it's in his voice. He can't help it wherever he is. Okay, I'm sorry. Now, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I tell you, it's kind of hard when you've been with someone for 40 years to kind of break it down into about four or five minutes. Um, we were a mess when we met them. Uh, we didn't know it. But we both had been married, so we, we were living together. Bella was pregnant at the time. Um, I had never um, accepted Christ in my life. Grew up in the church, but never accepted Christ. Um, maybe I need to take my notes out. Might make it go a little faster. Um, there was a little timeline. I, I came to Atlanta in 1970, it was in October. I uh, started working at UPS the first day I came up here. Uh, 20 years later, we got a contract that said when you're 50 years old, you could retire if you want to, and you keep your benefits and all that kind of stuff. So some of you probably don't remember, but there was a little computer called Commodore computer. You know, the kids would even play with it now, but, <laughs> you know, back then, that was something. You know, we had got this computer, and on the computer, they had a program on there that said, 
uh, strategies for retirement. So here we are, married, five kids. No, at this time, we were, yeah, we were married, five kids. And, and uh, the, the thing about it was, it said that you needed to have a certain amount of money. So at that time, we had about $500 in the bank. <laughs> had a, a good job because both of us worked at UPS. So I sat down and wrote down a, a plan how I could retire at 50. I was 40 at that time. So I had a 10-year plan. And I brought it to Bishop, and we talked about it. And he said, okay, he said, you need to be able to you know, get out of debt. He said, you need to, to, to start saving some money. So we started doing that. We put the plan down, and we started saving money and started getting out of debt. Well, 10 years later, when it was time for me to become 30 years old, <laughs> I mean, thir 30 years with the company, what, what happened was, not only were we out of debt, but we had saved over $200,000. So leaving UPS was not a, a financial decision. That year, I left UPS again on October the 26th. It was the day I retired. And I never really looked back. But, but the thing about it was, God has continued to bless us. Even though I left early, four years later, Beverly retired early. The company paid her over $200,000 not to come to work. And then still gave her a retirement at the same time. So God has totally blessed us over these years. And it's kind of also funny, on October the 26th of 2015, we started a new business. So October means a lot for us, not only just his birthday. There's a lot of things happening. I think the Holy Spirit just comes to us during that time. And it's also interesting, it was October when we first saw the Amway business. So October is truly a, a blessed month, not only for Bishop Johnson and Lady Carolyn, but I am so grateful that he has linked us to you. Pastor Mark Sharona said one day, he said there's a cord that's linked you all together that will never be broken. And it will not. Because I know that the Lord has called us to be here. And it's because of the principles and the things that you and Lady Carolyn have taught us over the years. That we have given to our children and our friends that are here. That have caused success to be our portion which is what the Lord said, that success would be your portion. Thank you so much, Bishop and Lady Carol. Well, there's one other thing. When we first met Bishop and them, we, um, we would travel with them in the Amway business, going to different functions and things like that. <laughs> now, you got to realize that sometimes what we do now, we try to meet people and we try to bring them into the kingdom the same day we meet them. But I didn't accept Christ for four years after we had met them. And, and we would do business ventures together, but then they would call us and we would go to do Christian things too. Bishop would say, well, look, I need to go to South Carolina. Can you take me up there? And we would drive up there, you know. But I didn't realize we were getting four hours of counseling <laughs> both ways. <laughs> You know, so a lot of times I would come up with an idea, and I thought I came up with it, but Bishop, done kind of, they done kind of put it into our heart, you know. 
So don't give up on people that you know needs Lord in your life. Just keep loving on them and, and speaking the word into them. And I'm sure they had a lot of intercessors praying for us because we had a lot of stuff needed to be fixed. <laughs> True, Marie. When? <laughs> One other question. Um, are you renters? I have, are you renters today? You rent your property that you, that you live on? Uh, no. Uh, Lord blessed us with an opportunity. We were downsizing. We had a 3,000 square foot home, so we were looking for something that was a little bit smaller, uh, a few less steps and stuff like that. A few years. This was in 2007 during the recession. So one day I was on the internet and I seen this house, but it was out of my price range. You know, I said, oh, that's a nice house. But then I was looking at another house in that area, and I went past this house that I had seen on the Internet. So I stopped, got out, walked around, and looked at it, and I came back and mentioned it to Beverly. Well, we still went on, so I kind of stopped watching it on the Internet. Well, the price came down about $15,000. So I said, well, we maybe need to go by and look at it. So we rolled by, we looked through the window. Yeah, I know y'all was praying. <laughs> But we looked at the, at, the, at the house through the window and everything looked good, but it still was out of the price range. So then one time it came down some more. So then I called my real estate guy and I said, look, we want to walk through the house and look at it. So he got the information. Uh, we went and looked at, looked at the house and everything. And uh, so when I called him back, he said the house was under contract. So I said, okay, we went. About six weeks later, it was back on the market. And it came down another $20,000. So I said, wow, okay. So I went to my real estate guy again. He checked it. It was back under contract. I said, okay, it's gone now. So a few, a few weeks later, it was back on the market, but it was going to auction. So it was a cash auction. You had to pay cash for it. There was no financing involved. So we put all the little monies together and stuff like that, and I went to the auction, and the, the price went way past what I had. So I said, well, it's gone now. <laughs> you know, because I'm sitting there watching the person to go in, you know, to buy the house. Well, four weeks later, it was back on the market, and it came down again. So we put in an offer for the house, and they came back about a week later, and they said, there's uh, three other offers on the house. You need to give your best price offer now. So we prayed about it, and I said, okay, um, we're going to stick where we are. And our offer was we would pay cash for the house. We could close in 10 days. They came back the next day and said, you got the house. So even though we downsized, now we have a, a 5,000 square foot home. <laughs> but it had everything we needed because my dad was staying with me at the time, and we needed uh, really two master bedrooms so he could have his own room, own bath and stuff. And this house had just that. When, yes, you can give the Lord a praise because he said they paid cash in 10 days and they are debt free, show enough. They've owned their home since how, how long? How, when was that? 2010. Since 2010, they've owned their house. One more question. How many grandchildren do you have now? I'm glad you said now, because sometimes the boys will call and I'll have to hold the phone a little bit. But we have 23 grandkids and four great-grands. Can you give the Lord a praise for Herbert and Beverly Wynn?
understand what it means to be a king and a priest. Welcome with me, Dr. Robert Watkins. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. I, I tell you, when I first came in contact with, with, uh, with Bishop, and uh, man, I was going through something very difficult in my personal life, and he knew it, and Lady Carolyn knew it, and they have a way of, you know, when you're around anointed people, you don't have to say anything. The anointing can speak for you, and that anointing that's on their lives will move burdens and destroys yokes in your life, and I remember we had a business meeting. We were talking about uh, building, and I have a finance company and a consulting company. We were talking about the future and building here, and and I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm the king, and, and you're the priest, and I'm the marketplace minister, and, and you're the minister of God. And, and uh, we had this great meeting, and after the meeting, everybody left. And Lady Carolyn said, wait a minute, boy, come back in here, come back in here. What are you talking about this king stuff? There's only one king in here, and it ain't you. It's my husband. She got me straight. And that's why I come to respect this couple right here, this, these giants in the faith, because they have spawned through the word of God literally thousands, I would say hundreds of thousands of people into the marketplace. Everybody point to Bishop, say hello, priest. Hello, point to yourself, say hello, king. Hello, king. And the king and the priest relationship, the marketplace and the ministry have to work together. And what I found out in preaching and teaching in literally thousands of churches on business and finance for the last 25 years, that many pastors just don't get that. And so what we have been releasing is a generation of broke preachers. But what Bishop understands is that through the word of God, calling people into the marketplace, that a man or woman of God is called to the marketplace like a man or woman of God is called to the ministry. And it's the same dispensation of the anointing, the same blessing, this, the same God that's called a man to the ministry. It's the same thing that God can call a man or woman out into the marketplace. It's that your, your anointing is out there. Your, your kingdom is out there. Your authority is out there. So many of us, what we understood through Bishop's teaching is that many of us have our eyes on the pulpit when your eyes should be on the marketplace. And I understood that. And so many pastors, many leaders didn't understand that. And so now... You know, most men try to define themselves as being a preacher. And what I found out through my ministry is that if many men didn't understand or did not have the calling of a preacher, they felt less than. They didn't feel successful. But what we're understanding is that I can be successful in business. I can be successful in my career. I can be called in what God has called me to do outside of the church. Now my job now is to bring those spoils back into the church. And so what I've understood and what Bishop understands, and I'm so glad he was one of the people who really received this call of my life. Because most of my life, I spent it in holy frustration. Just trying to figure out who am I. And I had to figure out that life had to be more than me just coming to church and participating in, in religious activities and going home and being bored. Life, life had to be more than just that. But now I understood and your bishop understands the relationship between the marketplace and the ministry have to work in these last days in order to make it the rest of the way. Is that we need ministry just as much as we need the marketplace. And so having a king and a priest in the form of Bishop Johnson, I'm telling you, is a gift from God that we cannot take for granted. You have a special, we have a special bishop 
in our generation who understands his revelation, that you are made unique, that you are different, you're special, you're not just like, you're not like everyone else. There's something that makes you different, that makes you stand out. And for a leader to understand that and not to put you in bondage, I'm telling you, is very special. So I tell you, on behalf of, of the 17,000 men and women that are part of kings and priests all around the world in many different languages, we salute you, Bishop. We praise God for you. We honor you, and we lay our ties at your feet. We lay our, our, our treasure at your feet, our time at your feet, our, our, our ministries. We lay it all at your feet because of your integrity for decades will be written. And I'm telling you, your name will never be forgotten. I'm so glad that God has made your name great. He's made your family great. He's made everything you're doing. And I'm telling you, the next generations after you are going to be even greater. But because of the work you started and you didn't quit is the reason why we're here today. God bless you. Thank you. Amen. It's great stuff, isn't it? Yes. yes. Amen. I feel like singing, but I don't know the songs. <laughs> Courtney, will you help me sing if I s No, it's okay. <laughs> we'll dismiss everybody right now. <laughs> no, not at all. It's just wonderful. Just one, it was wonderful. Worship was just so wonderful today, wasn't it? Yes. Let's thank God for, you know, Pastor Tiffany is responsible for making this happen is giving responsibility and, and Chris, Pastor Chris, they do a wonderful, wonderful job of leading us in the presence of the Lord. Let's give God praise for them. Amen. You know, I've read in a, in a book uh, this statement and I thought about our next, the next person that's going to share with us. Um, it, the statement says it's about justice. It's love is one of the principal parts of the Christian faith. There's another side called justice. Justice is love in calculation. Justice is love correcting that which would work against love. God is not just the God of love. He's also a God that stands before the nations and says, be still and know that I am God. He's a God of justice. Amos 5.24 says, let justice run down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. The person I want to bring before you is uh, Mr. Keenan Nix. You may know, I'm sure more of you, many of you have seen his face all over Atlanta and may know a little bit about him. I met Keenan years ago uh, as a member here and I think, uh, did you go to Notre Dame? University of Pennsylvania, okay. Ah, there we go. I was looking at the game yesterday at Notre Dame and thought that you, you played football at, okay, great, great, great. But uh, I thought about uh, Keenan Nix. He was very vibrant, um, full of energy, full of passion, no matter what it was that he did, or he was full of passion about it, period. He believed in excellence. He was an excellent young man, and I've got, had, I was, I'm blessed with the opportunity to have watched him grow as a person, watch his career, watch he and Danielle and them rear their children. I remember when he purchased a home in East Atlanta, uh, East, East Atlanta, is that right? And when he first purchased a home, he was so proud of that home, and uh, it wasn't 
what people, what it is now, it wasn't that then. So he's a man of vision who had a picture in mind of what God wanted to do with his life. And it's wonderful to see him where he is now and continuing to grow and continue to blossom. I'm read a little bit of his bio. Kenan R.S. Nix is a partner of the trial law firm for Morgan & Morgan. He graduated from Wharton School of Business, it's right here, University of Penn School of Law. By trade, Mr. Nix is a dynamic trial lawyer whose skill and passion in the courtroom are legendary. A true champion of justice, his impressive string, impressive string of million dollar verdicts and settlements have earned him a reputation of one of Georgia's finest trial lawyers on the side of injured people. In 2016, Mr. Nix led the trial team that won an $11 million verdict against Papa John's Pizza for brain damaging his client for life in the head-on collision and then refusing to accept the responsibility for the wreck. The eight-figure verdict against the national pizza chain was named one of the top 10 verdicts in the country in 2016. His trial practice focuses on catastrophic injury, wrongful death, and business tort litigation. He annually is recognized by his peers as one of Atlanta's super lawyers. And he is indicted, he was indicted into the Gate City Bar Association Hall of Fame just this year, 2018. As a leader in the trial bar, Mr. Nix frequently teaches on the subject of trial advocacy and biannually chairs a continuing legal education seminar on representing victims of traumatic brain injury and coordinates the annual Excellence Through Education Seminar Series for the Gate City Bar Association. He, when he is away from the courtroom, Mr. Nix enjoys traveling, gardening, his college and college football. Love college football, oh my God. He's a, he's a published author, gifted motivational speaker, and highly regarded radio talk show host. On the personal side, he's been married to Danielle Nix for 29 years, wow, that's wonderful. And they have three children, Rance, 26, Glory, 25, Glory's 25, oh my God, 25. <laughs> wow, it's one, and Noah, 21. He and his family are members of Icon Community Church in Atlanta. Please welcome Keenan Nix. Wow. Thank you, Neil. Um, I'm so full of emotions. I said to Bishop Johnson and Sister Carolyn that my heart is full. And you know that term comes from the scripture and it speaks so much to what happens when you experience so much of God and his grace and his love and his mercy all flooding in at one moment when all you can just do is just sit back and enjoy it. I wanna say this morning, um, it's good to be back, but Chris, wherever you are, and, and the worship team, something dawned on me when I was sitting there this morning as we worshiped, and that truth is that I never left, because there's a part of this place that is indelibly etched in my spirit, and it will be forever. You're not a man of God, I learned here unless you know how to worship. And no one worships in spirit and in truth more purely than Atlanta Metropolitan Church. Amen. 
So let me say. First, let me say that I am honored to participate in this glorious celebration of 40 years of faithful ministry to the body of Christ. Put your hands together. It should be a celebration. The heart of God is about faithfulness. I say to my family that when I die, put on my epithet three words, God is faithful. And God's not just faithful, that nature, that characteristic is something that he imparts into his people. And we're celebrating 40 years of faithful ministry to the body of Christ. And that's worth celebrating. Amen. That's worth celebrating. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And as one who was discipled by Bishop Flynn Johnson during my formative years as a Christian, I want to thank you personally for teaching me how to be a priest, prophet, and king, how to walk in my high and holy calling. You see, that's what I understood that. This is not just something that's an afterthought. It was birthed in the heart of God that when he calls you and he sends you forth into the marketplace with gifts and talents, that is a high and holy calling. And I learned that right here at Atlanta Metropolitan Church, sitting about right there every week. Every week. Time would not allow me to share with you all of the ways that Bishop Flynn Johnson has impacted my life. But three things come immediately to mind, sir. First and foremost, Bishop Johnson taught me that the true measure of a man, listen to me, the true measure of a man is not how much money he makes, but how he honors his wife and raises his children. That's the true measure of a man. And that incredible lesson on priorities has allowed me to thrive in business without sacrificing my family on the altar of success. That is a biblical truth that we need to embrace in the body of Christ. I know a lot of people that got a lot of money, but they don't have a wife for 29 years that loves you, honors you, supports you, and stands with you. I learned that, sir, right here at Atlanta Metropolitan Church from you and Sister Carolyn. Second, Bishop Johnson taught me that sustained success, sustained success, not fleeting success that's there one minute and gone the next, but sustained success is all about grace, which he defined as God's divine ability that enables me to be all that he's called me to be and do all that he's called me to do.
my wife and I pray that prayer. Not a week goes by that we don't pray for God's grace to be with us in everything that we do. And we learn that basic definition of grace right here and we've lived it out for the past 25 years. And I am who I am today by the grace of God alone which worketh in me mightily. Amen? Thank you for that, sir. And finally, Bishop Johnson taught me that the sovereignty of God is my trump card in business. Not my race, not my networking skills, and not my Ivy League education. The sovereignty of God. And that powerful truth was reinforced every morning as I sat right there in these pews and declared with my own voice that everything in the heavens and earth is yours, O oh Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as being in control of everything. Riches and power come from your hand alone, and it is your hand that gives me power and might. And it is by your might that we, it is by your strength Men are made great and given strength right here. That's it. You don't need anything else but God. God and God alone is your sufficiency. And I learned that lesson, sir, right there in this place on Sunday morning. I could go on, but I don't need to. I will end by saying this. The scripture declares that we have many teachers, but not many fathers. And I want to thank you, sir, for being a faithful father to me during a critical season in my life. I don't recall whether I had the chance whenever that season came to an end to honor you the way that I'm honoring you now. We're not always called to be together forever. Some, yes, others, no. But no, sir, that what you sowed into my life is bearing much fruit. And that fruit will remain because of your faithfulness. Amen.